Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. for being here on this President's Day weekend, this three-day weekend. I am honored that you would take time out of your weekend to be here to gather with us for a message this morning. And I hope that you're, you're expecting that the God of exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine is going to meet you here today. Amen? I pray that you, you feel that. I pray that you know that. And uh, whether you're in person or online, again, we're glad that you're here and that we're glad that you're with us. If you're a visitor today, fill out that Connect card. Make sure that you complete that, that and, and drop it in a box or a bucket on your way out or fill it out online through the digital link there and let us know uh, how we can minister to you, how you can take some next steps. Man, we just want to help you as you take those next steps. All right, so I want to open with this. I want to open with this quick question, and, and it's this. What is it that you're praying for? What are you, what are you praying for? Like in, in your life right here and right now, what is the thing that you are seeking God for in your life think about that for a minute it might be a, a wayward child it might be a new job it might be a home it may be a, a, a spouse or, or, or a loved one that's dealing with something whatever that thing is what are you praying for and what would you ask God for if you knew that God had to answer it what would you ask God for if you knew that he had to answer it what is that thing I know that there have been times when you probably even had thoughts and desires and wants and you just were like, you know what, I don't think it's, you know, what God would have or I'm, I'm afraid to ask God for that or he's too busy or he's too big or he doesn't even hear me so I wouldn't write it. But I want to challenge you today. We're doing a message. I'm doing a, a, a sermon. I'm calling Praying People and I want to challenge you to, um, to write those prayer requests down. You know, on that, that connection card that I just talked about, you can fill that out. You can drop that in a box or a bucket and our prayer team and our, our, our uh, prayer chain of people gather and they pray for those needs. And I want to challenge you. I don't care if you're brand new or if you've been coming here for years. I want you to fill that out. I want you to let us be with you in agreement in prayer for whatever that thing is. Fill that out there on your, uh, on, and, and drop it off on your way out. So um, I'm preaching this message called Praying People based on kind of something that stirred in my heart just a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, we had Pastor Josh Hanna from the Compassion Network here with us at Renew Church, and he was doing some training for pastors, some of our leaders here at Renew, as well as some pastors in the city and, and even in other parts of the state. And, and they gathered together for this training, and, and Pastor Josh had a full schedule. He had an itinerary of what he was going to teach on and what he was going to do. But in the midst of that, he started his, his, uh, his meeting just saying, hey, how... How's it going in your churches? What's going on in your churches? And, and that led to somebody saying something about prayer, somebody commenting about prayer, and, and it led to a 90-minute impromptu teaching on prayer. And, and that, like, out of nowhere, with no preparation or planning, he took, took us into this teaching that I'm going to share some of that with you and even some of my own thoughts on it uh, from, from what I've been studying and looking at. You see, because if you're taking notes this morning and, and you have the worship guide there, I want you to write this down. It's, it's not one of the fill-in-the-blanks, but if you're taking notes, you can write it down in the bottom section. Prayer is not just a religious option that we talk about. It's a relational necessity. You see, prayer is not a religious option. Oh, you're religious. Oh, you're a Christian. 
Oh, okay, cool. So then you probably pray. No, no, no. It's not just a religious option. It's a relational necessity. So if you're newly married, let me give you some advice. If you're newly married, you better talk to your spouse. And I mean like every day. And I mean multiple times a day. And I mean maybe multiple times an hour, right? If your spouse texts you, you better text them back. Prayer is in the same way, the same thing. It's not a, a religious option. It's a relational necessity. Because if you want an ongoing relationship with God, you can't just say, well, it's optional that I pray. In the same way that in a marriage, you can't just say, it's optional that I talk to God. I put in here, I put a, 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 one of the, the key verses or the theme verses for the message. Even though we're not studying it this morning, it's the story of Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. A little bit of context on this. Jehoshaphat was surrounded by three different armies. The armies of the Ammonites, the Maonites, and the Moabites. And King Jehoshaphat, he doesn't delegate the spiritual battle to just the, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the religious people. He doesn't just say to the, the priests, um, you, know, you know, can you pray over this? And can we just have kind of a little of an invocation prayer before we figure out what we're going to do? No. He calls the nation of Judah to prayer. He calls them to a prayer and a fast. And he leads the prayer. In fact, his prayer is recorded there in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And when he had nothing else to do, and we didn't, he didn't know how to face these three armies, just the king of Judah and the, the nation of Judah, you know what he does? He prays, and this is his prayer in 2 Chronicles 20. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You know, let me tell you something. That's a pretty good prayer for whatever you're facing today. Whatever the thing is that you came in here with, whatever the thing is that you've written down that you think that you need to pray for and you need to list, if you don't know how to pray for it, here's a great way to start. I don't know what to do, but I know my eyes are on you. I'm looking to you. Amen? Amen. You guys alive this morning? Come on, let me hear you come alive this morning. Oh, man, this ain't good. This is a bad start. Uh, I'm gonna, I got to wake some people up. You want me to do a backflip off the stage? What do you want? I'm not going to, all right? I'm not going to backflip off the stage. <laughs> I can't do that. I can juggle. You saw me juggle, right? That was pretty good. But I'm not juggling anymore either for you guys. You got you to give me a little bit more. This is a, a sermon. It's not just a teaching. It's a sermon. And I'm trying to get you guys to make sure that you're with me on it. Okay, I'm done. I'm done, you know, uh, complaining. What is prayer, though? What is prayer? What does it mean? Remember when, when we, would, we would do this thing growing up? I don't know if you've, you, maybe if you're, you grew up in some kind of a, a religious setting or religious background and you prayed with people. Or maybe they, they had like a little... Uh, prayer for some kind of need and um, you had this time I remember growing up and I remember uh, praying in a circle and we all had to hold hands and um, you wanted to if you were a teenage boy in high school you wanted to hold the girl that you kind of liked hand you you wanted to hold her hand but sometimes if you mess up like and you don't like time it right and figure out a way to make it happen you got to be slick you got to maneuver it you get stuck with the sweaty hand guy right <laughs> Uh, and if you didn't, maybe it's because you were the sweaty hand guy. <laughs> You're like, I never did that. Well, it's because you were the sweaty hand guy. Or, like in those circles, there was the, the person that was like the dead fish guy, right? And it's like, come on, give me something to hold on to. I don't even know, like, 
are you alive? Is there a pulse under the skin? Like, what's going on there? But there's that, that whole, like, thing in those prayer moments that were experiences that maybe we could live without, you know, that we weren't super, like, into. And then there's the guy that was so passionate, like, he began to pray. When it was his turn to pray, he began to pray, and the, t- the, 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 the louder he prayed and the harder he prayed, the tighter he squeezed until he literally tried to cut off the, the, the blood to your fingertips. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, oh, God, help him. And it's like, no, God, help me and let go of my hand. But if you didn't want to pray in those kind of circles, you would do this thing where you would, um, you know, squeeze the hand of the person next to you and they would know that, you know, I'm not going to pray at this moment. And uh, I, I remember it because I used to lead it as a youth pastor. There were times when I would say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'll start us. I'm going to pray, and then you'll pray next to you, and the person after you say amen, they'll pray, and they'll just go around the circle. But if you don't want to pray, just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. And what would happen is, is I would pray, and then it would get really quiet for several moments, and then all of a sudden, after I've waited a few moments, my hand gets squeezed again on the other hand. And I'm like, what? No one's praying. It's all me. And so then I have to close us out in prayer. I don't know if you're one of those, if you've ever been there. Maybe it's just me. But I want to talk to you about prayer. I want to talk to you about being a praying people because, again, it's not a religious option. It's a relational necessity, the relationship between you and your Heavenly Father, between God. But here's how not to pray, first of all. One way not to pray is insecurely. Not an insecure prayer of God. If you're here, if you're, if you're listening, if you're able. Uh, well, I know you're able, but could you maybe possibly, if you have time and you're thinking about it, could you answer my prayer? That's an insecure prayer, and that's not how, before you, how you go before the throne of grace. Amen? Amen? You go before the throne of grace with confidence as a son or daughter of God, knowing that God hears and answers prayer. Amen? But you also don't need to go before God in an impressive way that, that would say, God, I, you said in your word that you are Jehovah Nisan, and God, you're so good, you're good to the last drop, and thank you, God, that like a good neighbor, you're always there. I love your word. It, it's so good, it melts in my mouth, not in my hands, and your blood is thicker than water. Like, that, that's an impressive prayer of pithy statements, but who is that for? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that for you? Is that for the people around you or is that for God? You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm making it a little bit lighthearted, but like it doesn't need to be insecure, but it also doesn't need to be impressive. These are ways that you don't need to pray. Who is it for? It's for God. It's, it's to God. And Jesus set the example for us in how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. When he was asked, teach us to pray. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, in secret, he will reward you. If you're taking notes, again, this is just in the bottom portion of your your worship guide. Just fill this in at the bottom. I don't have fill in the blanks for this. But the first one that I want you to get is this, how not to pray. Don't be like the street corner hypocrite. Don't be like the street corner hypocrite who's going to public gatherings to be seen by men, who's standing on the street corner so that someone could 
see them and say, wow, look at this guy. He is impressive. Wow, he is intimidating. He knows how to pray to God. Like, I mean, he must have some kind of relationship with God. I want to hang around him. Jesus says, don't do that because they've already received their reward in full. Don't be like the street corner hypocrite. Second thing, when Jesus was asked how to pray, he says, don't be that. And then he says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. This is Jesus, and he's calling them pagans. He's saying, don't babble like a pagan, for they think they would be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So, second thing is, don't be like a babbling pagan. In other words, the street corner hypocrite, they want to be seen. The babbling pagan, they want to be heard. By who? By God. I mean, by man. By man, excuse me. But instead, pray in private pray in private to be seen not by man but by God it says in verse 6 but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you so don't be a street corner hypocrite don't be a babbling pagan pray in private to be seen by God and then this is where we'll kind of spend the rest of our time is, is pray with a purpose. Pray with a purpose. So Jesus then teaches us how to pray. He gives us the, the format or the template for how to pray. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And some manuscripts say and conclude with, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, Jesus taught us a template for how to pray. But I, I want you to get that, that when Jesus taught this, I don't think Jesus was teaching this to say this is what you need to do every time you wake up and every time you go to bed and um, you know when it's time for prayer just pray the Lord's Prayer and that's it pray the Our Fathers I don't think that's what it is I think when Jesus was told ask how do I pray he said these this is the template this is the structure and I'm about to explain that to you for a minute and here's why I think this for for example Jesus started his ministry in prayer and fasting 40 days in prayer and fasting and when he went out to pray he set that example for us but I don't think he just went out there and he prayed our fathers for 40 days when he was deciding who was going to be a disciples he he went away went to the wilderness and he prayed for overnight but I don't think he just spent eight hours overnight praying that Lord's Prayer our Father art in heaven all of that as just a, a repetitive prayer for the sake of repetition I think what Jesus was trying to do was set up for us a template for how to pray you see there's a couple things that, that you have to know and is as we even start this he starts with this our father in heaven and if I stopped right there and taught just on that I, I it would be valuable enough to me to to dismiss you with just this one point if you get nothing else when Jesus says he starts the prayer by saying our father in heaven you see that the thing that you're getting from this is the fact that this is not a transactional communication this is not a dear God I need this give it to me amen 
That's sometimes our prayer, though, isn't it? It's transactional. God, I'm going to pray to you. It's transaction. You've got to give it back to me, and this is it. It's not, that's not what prayer is about. That's not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is not transactional. The purpose of prayer is transformational. And when you acknowledge that God is our Father, that He is who He is, and He's a good Father, you can, at that point, start to determine, wow, now I know who I'm talking to. And that begins to not only transform the way I pray, but it transforms the relationship that I'm in and who it is that I'm, I'm praying to. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? It, it means revered, holy, sanctified. It, it, it means uh, your name is, is worthy to be exalted. Amen? This is what he's saying. And he, he's saying, hallowed be your name. And, and I think that it's important that Jesus says that in the prayer, that it, it was worth the line to make sure, because sometimes we don't hallow his name, do we? Sometimes we don't really acknowledge how important his name is. You know, there's this, there's this little chapter in Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, and, and in that it's, it has these, this story of these two stone tablets. And on those two stone tablets, there's these commands, and, and these commands are really, really important. They're called the Ten Commandments, and some of them, you know, are so obvious. Like, if you have a moral fiber in your body, you would know it makes sense. When God gave Moses that command, he said, don't murder. And who would think that that's a bad idea? And God gave Moses that command not to lie. And who would think that's a bad idea? Or, or, or don't steal. Who would think that's a bad idea? But there's another one of those commands in there that says, don't take the Lord your God's name in vain. Jesus says, hallowed be your name. And yet how oftentimes, I, I don't think that people are walking through life just Everywhere we go, even though the world is turning into, you know, a, a pretty scary place, but people aren't killing people in every corner right here where we live. But people are taking God's name in vain in almost every other breath all the way around us and on every program that we watch and in everything that we say and do. And I think that it's important that we stop right there and, and hear what Jesus says to us when he says, our Father who art in heaven, it's transformational hallowed be your name God your name is holy God your name is important it's 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 significant it's this is a, a, a identification of who God is and it's an identification of what we're supposed to do in the beginning of the prayer which is a, a prayer of adoration it's a prayer of worship it's prayer that starts with praise God hallowed be your name your name is holy. You know, one of our core values at Renew Church is we start with worship. Why do we sing before we preach? Because it's a core value? Maybe. But because we're doing, even in the template of the Lord's Prayer, we're starting with, God, you are worthy of our worship. Hallowed be your name. And even as we come into this place, God, we stop to recognize who you are and how holy you are. You see, prayer it starts with praise and then it leads on to say your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven whose will God's will not my will God's will how do we know what God's will is how do we know what his heavenly will is I can tell you 
and we talked about it last week it's the playbook it's the Word of God if you don't know what God's will is for your life then you need to go right here into the very Word of God your will be done on earth as it is in heaven you see and as we even do that as we pray it helps us to kind of figure out okay God so I'm praying and I'm, I'm, I'm not just praying anything I'm not just praying for whatever I want but I'm praying for your will to be done and so if I'm wanting to align my life and my prayer with your will then I probably ought to look at your word so I'm gonna look to your word and if I'm going through a really really dark moment in my life maybe I would turn to the book of Psalms and begin to pray prayers of Psalms of David and allow those Psalms to lead me in my prayer if I'm seeking after wisdom I might turn to the book of Proverbs and look to the words of Solomon and, and Ecclesiastes and, and say God what would you have me to do in these decisions might even turn to the the epistles of Paul or the the prophecies of Isaiah and allow the Word of God to help me to know God your will be done on earth as it is in heaven he goes on to say in the middle of his prayer give us today our daily bread in other words God provide for our needs not always our wants but Provide for our needs, our daily bread. Not, God, help me get the 401k built up to what it needs to be so that when I'm 70, I'm, I'm good to go. Well, you don't even know if you're going to make it to 70. Like, Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. Not always our wants. Not always just everything that we think we need, but what God knows that we need and then he says forgive us of our sin as we forgive those who sin against us forgiveness is the foundation of the relationship I mean in your marriage relationships and your 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 uh, you know uh, sibling relationships or friendships or whatever that is the the forgiveness the foundation of the relationship has to be it's got to be built on on trust and forgiveness there's got to be health and healing in the relationship because if there's distrust if there's brokenness if there's a wound that's open that has not found soothing like healing then you know what you need to do you need to find healing you need to find forgiveness so you say forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us it's also that that forgiveness it's a, a confession it's a prayer of confession God that you know I, I I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I think it would be fitting, I think it's right that you openly and honestly, in, in private places, you don't have to come before a priest, you don't have to go before for a pastor to do this, but to go before God and admit openly what you're struggling with, what your sin is, to confess your sin to him. Not, not just a blanket prayer of God, forgive me of all my sins, all the sins I did yesterday, today, and tomorrow, just forgive me, I'm done, I'm, you know, that's it. I, I've, I've prayed it I've already I've already prayed I'm, I'm good I've covered it for life no that's not what he's looking for again he's looking for a relationship he's looking for you to be in a relationship with him so that the relationship is only getting stronger every day Jesus says for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your Heavenly Father will also forgive you I thank God for that that if you forgive others when they sin against you your Heavenly Father will also forgive you but I don't I, I'm not as thankful for this second part which is but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive you your sins is that what he said it's what he said 
That's the word of God. That's the, that's the template. That's what Jesus said. So, Father, forgive me of my sin as I forgive those who have sinned against me. You have to find a way to forgive those that have sinned against you. And lead us not into temptation, Jesus says, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a prayer of intercession. This is a prayer that acknowledges the fact that, hey, man, I, I, this is hard. That addiction is tough. That, that, that temptation to lust is real. This person that's, you know, showing up on my feed, that's a, that's, that's a real problem that I have. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And as God reveals it to you, take it off your feed. Shut down your social media. Do whatever you have to do. But you're asking God, God, intercede on my behalf. Help me. Hear my prayer. And he intercedes on your behalf, but he also shows you the things that you need to do. If you're taking notes and you have your worship guide, I, I, I'll bring you back to the, those four letters there that are something that I've taught uh, over a year ago, but it was, um, I think, helpful enough that for those of you that didn't get it, I want to teach on it again. And this is a, a, a simple way to remember how to pray. For people that are saying, you know what, I really don't know how to pray. I don't know, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. When I get, get before God, it gets awkward really, really quickly. I want to give you this as a template. You can use the, the, the Lord's Prayer as a template, but this also works in alignment with the Lord's Prayer. And this is it. It's a adoration, which is what Jesus said, hallowed be your name. It starts with A, adoration, that we acknowledge that God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. And, and we start by just saying, God, you are God of the universe. And we thank you for who you are and what you do. It leads to a, a C, which is confession. We confess that things are not right. And that confession sometimes is in the form of what we've done, the things that we've done. And it's a confession of God. I, I know that I'm at fault in this. But also sometimes it's a confession of God. I, I know that there's just some things that are not right in the world. And I see it. And I'm not okay with it. God, I confess my need for you. The third part, T, it's thanksgiving. God, thank you for all the things that you do for me. God, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for breath in my lungs. God, thank you for sparing my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my children. Thank you for uh, food in my refrigerator, a roof over my head. God, I thank you for the things that you've done. Man, if you're not thankful for a roof over your head, you need to stop and thank God even today. I had a call from a young mom yesterday that got kicked out of her house. And we're trying to find a solution for her, even as we speak. Thank God for the things you have. Stop taking the little things for granted, because you may not have the biggest house on the block, but thank God that you're not that mom on her own, wondering where she's going to sleep tonight. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. And lastly, lastly, last and, and, and least, instead of last but not least, last and least, supplication supplication God supply my needs God meet my needs maybe not always my wants but God meet my needs 
So, so that's a good template for, for a prayer. I think oftentimes the American, the Western cultural prayer is not A-C-T-S, not adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's more like S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-T. Little, lowercase t. Do you understand what I'm saying there if you've been taking notes? God, give me. God, help me. God, I need it. God, I want it. God, this S, 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 S. Thanks. Amen. Isn't that what our prayers oftentimes are? God's saying, hey, that's not, that's not the way that you come before me. I mean, he hears you, and he knows, and he knows what you need even before you ask, but let's, let's change the way our relationship is. Let's, let's change what this looks like. Let's make sure it's not transactional, and instead that it's becoming transformational. We all have basic needs, things that are no doubt important and hard to live without, and although I don't think it's bad to pray for a new car, if your old one keeps breaking, I'm not sure that it's necessary to pray for a luxury car and the atv and the boat it goes back to the heart it goes back to your heart it goes back to heart issues like where where your treasure is there your heart will be also amen and so if god sees that you know really what you want isn't a relationship it's not transformational and you just want him to give you give you give you give you and you're probably you're not ready to get that new car Again, there's nothing the matter with having possessions. And I know some people that have a lot of possessions, but those possessions don't have them. Amen? It's not just the materialistic wants. You know, I think that we have to have this kind of desire and this, this prayer that looks more like what Psalms 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires in your heart. You see, if you try to flip this around and you say, God, give me the desires of my heart. And then I'll delight in you. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't say, God, give me the desires of my heart. And then I'm going to be delighted in you. Then you have got this whole thing reversed. The psalmist says, delight yourself in the Lord. When you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires will line up with his. And that doesn't mean that you can't have a big boat or a new car. But when you pray and you're seeking God for his will to be done, all of a sudden your desires change. And those other things that come, they just come. They just happen. But they're not priority. They could be gone tomorrow. They could be left immediately without even a hesitation. When you're praying for God's will to be done, that God will help you identify what your true needs are and desires are, your, your daily bread, your protection, your health, your shelter, all of a sudden you're, you're lining your life with God's will. I'm going to invite uh, Stephanie to make her way back up. And I, I want to, in this time, I want to just give you a, a couple of quick practical applications to this, this message as we talk about being a praying people. What do, you, what do you want from me, Trevor? What do you want? I, here's what I want. I want you to become a praying people. 
I want you to be a praying person. Let's, let's identify this and narrow this down to, let's not talk about everybody, let's talk about you. I want you to be a praying person. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't be like, well, he'll never be that person. Okay, that's him. I want, to, I want you to be a praying person. How do you do that? Where do I start? I start with this. This is super practical, super simple, and something that I, I heard another preacher say. Give God your first 15. Give God your first 15. Five minutes in the worship, five minutes in worship, five minutes in the word, and five minutes in prayer. First 15. Five minutes in worship, five minutes in the word, five minutes in prayer. How do, you, how do I do that? I don't have enough time for that. Well, wake up 15 minutes earlier and all of a sudden you will have time because everybody sleeps for at least 15 minutes. So, you know, just remove all the sleep. If you say, I don't even have time to sleep, well, then don't sleep. 15 minutes, first 15 Worship, word, and prayer. Pastor, that's nothing. That, you, you're telling me to pray for five minutes. Hey, it's probably better than what you've been doing. Or for many of you, it's probably better than where you've, where you've been. But it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of a relationship in the same way that you don't get married the first time you lay your eyes on that bride. But it starts with a conversation. It starts with a passing compliment. And that turns from five minutes into five hours, into five years, into a lifetime. Amen? First 15, give God 15, five minutes, worship, set the tone, put it on your phone, the word, get into a, a, a scripture, the Psalms are a great place to start for five minutes, or, or uh, one of the gospels, just to read a section, not even a chapter, just a section, a parable of Jesus something and then prayer first 15 second application is, is oh, I want us to be a praying people second application is is we have a prayer group that meets on Saturdays 9 a.m. I think I saw her where is she Paula are you in here Paula raised she, her hands in the back she's back in the back she she uh, started this prayer ministry on her own and it's it's something that uh, we've talked about and we know that there's a spiritual battle that happens even in that but there is a group of people and it's a small group quantity over quality uh, quality over quantity I said that wrong quality over quantity we're not worried about a big number it's only a few sometimes it's two sometimes it's four sometimes it's a, a, a couple more a couple less it doesn't matter but I want to challenge you to become a praying person you could join us at 9 a.m. and we pray from 9 a.m. until the Lord tarries that might be 9 p.m. I'm just kidding we pray from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we literally said it. What if the Holy Spirit's leading? Well, then the Holy Spirit can lead you, but the group ends at 10, okay? <laughs> you can keep praying, but we end at 10. And I want to challenge you to think about being a part of that prayer group. 9 to 10 on uh, Saturday mornings right here. Join us for worship, the word, and prayer. Let God do what he's going to do in you and through you. It, it may be that... Uh, in that time, God will start to do something and stir something in your heart. But whether he does something directly in your life, I know that he's doing something in the lives of others because of that prayer group. I know that that prayer time is setting the stage for you people that are here this morning for church. It's preparing the hearts so that when we go into a battle, just as Jehoshaphat did, we're like God and we don't know what to do. 
but our eyes are on you. And we just set that time aside to seek God, to ask him for help. Join that, think about that, try it. Don't try it once. Don't try it one time. I'm, I'm trying you to, I'm telling you, if you're gonna try it, try it for at least two months. Try it for at least a couple of months. Give it to, through Easter, past, beyond Easter even, and, and, and say, I'm gonna come as, as the Lord allows every week that I don't have to work or every week that I, I can possibly make it from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for a time of prayer from 9 to 10. There's another option. We have a, a, a couple of prayer leaders that, that meet in this breezeway, kind of in the back around the corner, and they are intentionally back there because they're not trying to be seen by men. They're not trying to be babbling so that, to be heard by men. They just want to talk to God. And it's oftentimes one person or two people, 15 minutes before the service starts, praying for this service, praying for the first service. And they're gathering together and just praying and saying, God, have your will have your way be with the worship team be with the production team be with the kids ministry be with the preaching in every aspect god we just have your way because why because this is a spiritual battle because this isn't just a production this isn't just a nice teaching that's getting put on the internet this is literally a spiritual war that we're in and we just as jehoshaphat dude did we just have to go before him and and fight that battle with god's help if you read on in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, you'll find out that what happened with Jehoshaphat, he said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes on you. And then they, they, they set the worshipers out in the front. They put the worshipers to go before the battle lines and they begin to worship God. How weird that must have been for the, the enemies, the three enemies, the Ammonites, the Manites, and the Moabites, as they watched this happen. And then somehow somebody must have ticked somebody off because the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Manites, they didn't even fight the people of Judah. You know what they did? They just attacked each other. They slaughtered each other right in the eyes of Judah and Jehoshaphat. God made the way. God fought their battle for them. They didn't even lift a sword. That's what we want. That's what we want to be. When we say we want to be a praying people, we want it not just because it's a religious option. It's a relational necessity. So do what you can do in your personal life with the first 15, find out how to do it corporately with a group of people and step into what God has for each and every one of you. I went to a, a funeral this week. Stand with me. Stand with me, please. I went to a funeral this week for a good friend of mine, 53 years old, healthy guy. I, I, I couldn't believe. Nurse practitioner, like, God, why did this guy go? Why did you take his life? It doesn't make sense. My good friend, Pastor Ted Mangrew, he died. And, and uh, I was at the funeral, and I'm watching his wife, and, and it's a perfect example of what it looks like to worship in the midst of, you know, your, your, your brokenness. Because she stands up there, she's sitting here, and she, she just begins to shake her tambourine and, and praise God in the midst of her husband's death leading us in worship and we're just like well, how do you do that how do you praise god in your morning she did that here's here's what my point the second after you die you are completely trusting god with your life the minute ted took his last breath on earth he was in full fully in the hands of god the moment you stop breathing, it's no longer up to you. Your eternity, your, your heaven, your hell, whatever it is for you, 
It's in God's hands. Prayer is a declaration before you die. Prayer is a declaration before you take your last breath that you are trusting him with your life right now. Amen? It's not just saying, okay, uh, God, this is my life. I'm going to do my thing. Prayer is saying, God, your kingdom come. God, your will be done on earth, in my life, as it is in heaven. Prayer is alignment with our Heavenly Father and His will. And there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather for you to be than right there in the middle of His will. Don't wait till after you die and then wonder. You make your loved ones wonder. Wonder what he did, what he thought. I, I want you to be like Ted. I want you to be like his dear wife, knowing, without a doubt, 100% certain, Ted was completely trusting God with his life while he was alive, and now he's fully entrusted his life to God afterwards. Put it in his hands, amen? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If you would say to me, and I'm not going to make this a long, drawn-out call, it's late already, but if, if you would say to me, Pastor, I want to be a praying person, I want to be a part of a praying people. I want you to do something in me that I haven't done before. I, I, this, isn't no, this is no longer just a religious option. This is a relational necessity. I know that I need to become a praying person. And I want to start. Even as simple as and as, as little as in my first 15. Five minutes in worship. Five minutes in the word and five minutes in and prayer, and then see where that flourishes to. See how that relationship with God grows. If you would say, Pastor, I'm going to try it. I want to do it. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Praise God. Praise God. Hands all over the room. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray that prayer for you that God would help you as you take those steps. But before I even do that, I'm going to give someone the opportunity that's within the sound of my voice that hasn't started the relationship there's no relationship yet. And that's for the person in the room that has never surrendered their life to Jesus. Never asked Jesus to come in and forgive them and make things right. Today can be the day of salvation. It doesn't have to be, you know, well, once you get cleaned up, once you get out of that addiction, once you, once you, um, you know, uh, pay that person back or do that thing. No, 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 no. Today can be the day of salvation. The, the payment, the forgiveness, the work was done at the cross when Jesus died. And all you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Forgive me. If that's you today, you're, you want to start this relationship, and that's you today. It, for the first time, or maybe it's because you know you need to come back to him. And God's speaking to you today. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I won't wait long. Lift your hand. Put your hand up if that's you today. Praise God. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we just say thank you so much for the things that you're doing. God, we thank you for the things that you're doing in the hearts and lives of these people that want to be and are desiring to be praying people. They know that there, there's, there's, there's things that can be done better, greater, God. There's a, there's a relationship that can grow. 
And that's what you want, God, and they want it as well. That's why they lifted their hand. And I pray that God, as, as they begin to do that, I pray that it would just, that hunger and thirst for you would just be greater and greater. That it would go from 15 to maybe 30 or even a few minutes longer than that as, as your time and as time allows. And God, that they would even be leaders in prayer, that they would even help be a part of carrying this, this burden to pray for lost people in our families and in our friendships and in our community, God, in our neighborhood. God, that they would help to, to, to be a part of prayer ministries and praying before the services, oh God, prayer chains, praying for the needs that come in to Renew Church. All of these things, God, begin to do that kind of work in these people's hearts. Help us to be praying people. God, for the person within the sound of my voice in this room and online, God, that doesn't know you and haven't started that relationship with you right here, right now, we're, we're starting with that. And it's a simple prayer of faith that goes like this, and you can repeat it in your heart as I pray it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I'm praying that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would come into my life and make me brand new. Today, I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for dying for me, and because you died for me, from this day forward, I choose to live for you. We thank you for this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing. We're going to sing a closing song, and, and our worship team's going to lead us. If, if you need prayer for any reason at all, this is just an open area. We kind of call it an altar sometimes. I call it an altar just because it's, it's that place where, where you bring a sacrifice What's the sacrifice? It's you. It's yourself. No lambs. The lamb was the perfect spotted lamb. It went on the cross for us, Jesus. But you can just bring a sacrifice. You, you bring yourself and you say, God, I, just, I bring you me. And if you come and you pray, maybe someone will come behind you and lay their hand on you and pray with you, pray for you. But you don't have to pray uh, up front. You can pray wherever you are. But let's start being a praying people. Let's start even now. Be bold enough to take that step. Amen? Let's pray together. Let's, let's, let's worship together.
maybe you just have some questions about Jesus and maybe you have some questions about this whole Christianity thing and man that's okay come talk to us at the next steps 10 it's the only 10 that we have outside man we'd love to to meet you there another thing I want to mention is small groups talk about it every week it's because man we really do believe in it here at Renew Church we believe that that's where you're able to be known by the members of this church uh, even grow your relationship with God in in, in a small group setting because it's great Sunday morning is great I love it I love seeing you guys but it's hard to really get to know each other in an intimate powerful way on just a Sunday morning small groups gives us the opportunity to to know each other man to pray for each other to encourage each other to to uh, supply the needs for each other man and also come to God together in an intimate way so join a small group you can also check out our next steps 10 for that we have a flyer with all the different small groups that we offer throughout the week I'm sure that there's one for you and your schedule another thing I want to mention is leadership institute it's something that we do monthly it's actually tonight here at 6 30 p.m and you don't have to be a church leader or anything like that but if you just want to learn about leadership principles and see what that's about man come join us tonight at 6 30 p.m um baptism if you're newer to following jesus man that's kind of that next step and what baptism is it's, it's a public display of something that you've decided to do internally um, Jesus encouraged it, and we, we love and celebrate baptism here at Renew Church. So if that's you, if you're considering baptism, you can check out our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. All the information on what baptism is there. There's a registration form if that's something you want to sign up for, or just come find a pastor. We would love to talk to you guys about that. Um, another thing, if there's any middle school to high school students in here, or if you know of any middle school to high school students, we have a youth group called Misfit Youth that meets up every single Friday night here at church from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's a great time, man. Bring them there just one time. They're going to love it. It's going to be an awesome thing. Lastly, if you'd like to give to any church, I just want to let you guys know that there's a few ways that you can do that. First way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can drop them off or move the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this service. God, I thank you for these people, Lord. God, I pray that we're able to just put this into practice, God, and be praying people, God, be people that are seeking after you in prayer, and, and, and I pray that they would see a tangible difference, God, in their lives, and not only in their lives, but in the lives of those around them, God. God, have your way, please, Lord, we, we pray. Um, God, I pray for the offering this morning. God, bless it and use it for your purposes, oh God, and bless these people, God, as they worship you in this way, as they give, Lord, and trust you, Father, with, with, uh, with their tithes and offerings, Lord. God, help them, I pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday.